0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards.
0: This game is over. The Houston Rockets shocked the Bulls here at the United Center. 133 to 118 behind Kevin Porter Jr.'s 36 points. Wow.
1: That was the day after Christmas. <laughs> and that was ugly. Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's the same uh, Rockets team. And that was. That was the old letting go of the rope right there. So, you would think that now that the Bulls have decided they've got to be locked in, they've got to be locked in if they want to run the table and do something that's not going to happen again after maybe their best win of the year at Denver. Yeah. So, look. (laughs)
2: Look. With the Bulls being six games under five hundred and having that win, and it's – it's so funny like what that does to you when you see them when you see them play the way that everyone had envisioned that they would play. There's ball movement, there's guys playing hard. They're they're, they're going hard in the paint. Patrick Williams is playing tough. Like all this stuff. You go out west, you play in probably the toughest physical environment that there is in the NBA in Denver against a team that's really good, and you blew their doors off in, in, in the second half of that game. And then everyone kind of goes back to, oh, well, this is, th- this is what they could have been, and this is the team that we could end up seeing if, if they're able to make it into the, into the play-in and maybe to the playoffs, because we don't know who thinks what when it comes to the play-in-playoff thing. And then you say, oh they could also lose to the Houston Rockets on Saturday night. I feel bad, Dan, that, my, that I have a level of pessimism when it comes to the, the Bulls and their ability to handle success. Now, I feel also justified that I have that level of pessimism because every time this year, when it seems like things have gone really well for the Bulls, there's been a counterbalance of things not going well for Mm -hmm. them.
1: They have trouble getting out of their own way sometimes, and the way that they're built, there isn't... Most really good teams, there are certain things each game you can count on, Mm -hmm. and the Bulls don't seem to be like that. They don't seem to be like, oh, you know, automatically, this will be a night where you know the supposed big three are going to be working together, or this will be a game where they find Patrick Williams in in comfortable positions or this will be a game where IO's shot is falling. They have individual inconsistencies that can manifest themselves as team inconsistencies.
2: Right. And God, I mean you can, you can see the vision like overall. Like you can like when you're watching them play, you can see it, but because of that those individual deficiencies as you said that bog this team down you wonder if they'll be able to let go of some of the habits that have formed with this bunch like I look at the the game and how I was saying yesterday that I felt like Wednesday night's game for the Bulls was a perfect box score and you had everything that you needed you had Zach doing his thing by being the catalyst offensively and really doing a wonderful job of setting tone and tempo offensively. You had Vooch feeling like he was a part of the offensive game plan and dominating Jokic defensively, which is, is rare that he dominates a game defensively. Him getting on the boards, him scoring and, and, and making his points and feeling like he's a part of it. You had Demar deferring in that game, which I think makes the Bulls better. There are times for him to like assert himself as the alpha, and those are games where things aren't clicking or because of how well Zach is playing, there's an opportunity for DeMar to go out there and do his thing, especially at the end of games. But I just feel like old habits... And it might not be the Houston game you know, because Houston's terrible. But you feel like old habits are just going to kick back in at some point and they're going to forget that this is a formula that could work for them and work for them really well.
1: Well, the other factor here is in what we've learned about Billy Donovan's relationship with this team where he observes what's going on, but I don't know that he's demanding the things Mm. that we want. That he knows he knows what they have to do but his stance has been he trusts them to do it and he's not going to stomp on them and he's not going to he, he's there are times where i think i'm just going to have to resign myself to the fact that in the nba a lot of guys aren't going to coach harder that they're they're not going to call that timeout and sit down a star because they just I mean somebody who has done it for as many years as Billy Donovan probably understands that maybe there's diminishing returns in doing that, or there are that there's there's more downside to it than there is upside, but still there is a there's part of my basketball sensibility that would like a coach to say, "All right, I will help you guys get to where you want, but i'm I'm going to ask it of you in the moment." And I'm going to remind you of it in the moment. Rather than just platitudes and rather than, than just suggestions, if you really want this, I'll be with you every step of the way, but there's going to be some accountability in these games. And, and I don't think I'm going to get that because at, at this level, the, it's, it's just not the way he does business. And it, you know, there, there are other coaches like that too. There are coaches who win championships doing that. And maybe this Bulls team is past – that the effectiveness of, of him coaching a little bit harder.
2: I wonder if, if man, I, it's – now that I think about it, I wish I I wouldn't have just sat there for the Sam Smith and Greg Popovich show, which was incredibly entertaining when I was at the United Center. But that feels like it, – maybe it's more of a shoot-around instead of a pregame question, but I'd love to know – Like as we were talking about in the last segment about how college coaches have to change and evolve, I I wonder how NBA coaches have had to change and evolve, and how does your messaging
1: work now with players? Oh, look, it is so obvious how NBA coaches have changed and evolved, and the most the easiest way to tell that difference is when when I was coming up in basketball, the pro coach would. stand and wave and walk all the way down to half court and every time there was a every time a play was called and you would see that coach with hand signals and that coach would be doing zipper or floppy or fist or or thumb to the side and and they would call a play you don't see that anymore you don't see that you got the stuff that you do you got the stuff that you've practiced and coaches will sit and they'll lean over and they'll, they'll lean back and they'll talk to an assistant. And occasionally they'll get up and they'll point to a spot. Or occasionally if a, if a game gets tight and they need to get a specific side out of bounds kind of thing in, they'll do that. But it's night and day between the the jumping kicking screaming gesticulating that they were doing in 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 the early 2000s you know late 90s early 2000s and what they're doing now with the level of trust in in players to run their stuff
2: yeah but but i feel like there's probably got to be some middle ground though right where like how i guess the question to to put it in in a non yes or no form is how does an n b a coach coach hard in twenty twenty three
1: well you're not gonna you're not gonna make guys come in early for extra work
2: yeah i think i think that stuff is i think that stuff is dead i think the the, the boiling stuff like the 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 bag skate right n b a stuff like that stuff's dead like you're not gonna you're not doing the thing of punitive practices like that sort of thing but is is it more of an under is it more like you're maybe doing more film with a guy and you're saying hey like this is where your shot is like look at and and you're using the quant guys in 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 your organization and saying that look we've broken down the numbers and and look at where you're getting your shot look at where you're making plays like i
1: i wonder what man like I mean, uh, it, it, it's, it's what Clark Kellogg said. At every level, it's communication. But the communication at a professional level with these guys making 10 times as much money as you make, it's just a different kind of communication. It's management. It, it right. is, it is, it's not coaching as much as it is management. Yeah. I mean, the, that's God. why. I, the, when you say that, that's why I think with Billy Donovan, there, he wants to establish a mutual respect with a guy like DeMar DeRozan. He wants the message to get across, but it's on DeRozan to apply it in-game. And maybe Donovan uses examples like Denver to showcase the entire roster that if we have a buy-in here, this is what it could look like. But in the NBA, see, this is such a fascinating conversation when you talk about guys making their money on their game and how that applies to this current Bulls structure, I think when it comes to Billy Donovan, yeah, there has to be give and take, but how is he accepting players reacting or taking in the message that he's trying to instill? I think it's all fascinating. I do, and I think when Goran Dragic kept using the word sacrifice, mm-hmm. that's a, that, is a, that term is doing a lot of work. Because there's a lot of players in this league, veteran players. This is who I am. This is my game. This is where I'm comfortable getting the ball. This is what I have done. This is how I've made $100 million and built a brand doing this. And when Dragic says sacrifice, what he's saying is maybe you have to do something out of your comfort zone.
2: Maybe you have to give up being a a 24-point-a-game guy. To being a a twenty-point-a-game guy, so that you can have your big feel like he's a part of the game plan. That's that's what I feel like. What we were seeing from Goran Dragic, and it's weird to me that I feel like I I don't want to say like I don't think anyone got on on Dragic for this. Like from a public standpoint, I just feel like when Patrick Beverly came in, it was celebrated. Like his style was celebrated. Oh, j- just you wait and so Patrick Beverly gets in here. And look at the way that he's he's uh he's talking to Zach Levine to, to convince him that he can do more offensively. Where I think a lot of those same things were happening with Drogic, but maybe it was more bluntly said, and because it was more bluntly said it wasn't getting the same level of fanfare. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah that,
1: I, I get it. That,
2: that, Bever- that something about Beverly's style or maybe his reputation.
1: Well, Beverly's doing it in front of everybody. Right. Drogic did it in a closed locker room at halftime in Minnesota. That's the difference. That We heard after the fact exactly what happened. And that night, he was great. We played the two minutes of what Dragic was saying. It's different when Patrick Beverly is there, knows the cameras are on him, and is still saying, talk, talk, talk. Guys, talk to each other. That we just gave up a free run at the basket because you didn't communicate. He's He's right there out of the lights doing it. Yep. When Ooh. we come back, I want to get to some White Sox stuff. And hey I- Dan, as as we speak, what? some of the
2: White Sox are actually walking onto the field here. Okay,
1: at, at Sloan Park, like they're starting to
2: get their stretchy, stretchy going on. I'm watching like some of the bullpen guys are coming out, some of the coaches are coming out here onto the field. And if you want, like we we got the camera going I'm on looking, Twitch. I'm looking Twitch TV slash Chicago six seventy the score.
1: I see somebody about halfway between third and home as they're getting ready for BP. Yeah.
2: Oh, this is fun! I'm glad that we're doing this. They got all their stuff set up now for 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 BP
1: and. It's the bragging rights game. It's Cubs and Sox. Yeah, They're man. Marbles. You can go into the weekend puffy chested if your team beats the other team. If your
2: team wins, then you get this. You get to be mayor.
1: Did they not run the promo <laughs> I did, Mike? I didn't hear it at all yesterday. All right, oh, boo! I- see. So Russ had me record it, and I recorded it and then they, they, I had to do two versions of it because they were supposed to run yesterday, and then there's a version where I'm, I'm promoing the game today, so they had me do a pickup to make sure that it was they could cut versions for both days, and now they're not running it? Chicago baseball fans, as spring training continues, check out a special <laughs> Crosstown battle for bragging rights. Yeah. That, the, the pause.
2: Quit it, yelling. The pause is where you hear... Dan being Dan like it's very subtle but if you listen to the show like you hear that pause before he goes to battle for bragging rights
1: it's March it doesn't count
2: Mike play it again everyone I want everyone to listen for the pause
1: Chicago baseball fans, as spring training continues, check out a special Crosstown Battle for Bragging Rights in Arizona. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they didn't run it. Maybe, that- r- maybe Russ listened to it and he's like, yeah. Yeah, we gonna, can't. We can't. And then they, all they have to do is, like, email me and say, cut it again and play it straight, numnuts." nuts. <laughs> No, I think it's better this I do t- way. I do too, frankly, and I probably would have. I, I probably would have done it the same way again.
2: Oh God! <laughs> All right, so you were saying you were promoing before I interrupted?
1: Uh, yeah, I was promoing that uh, Luis Robert and Johan Mankata played last night, and there's also something that's going on in the spring training that we're not recognizing. I believe today is the three year anniversary of the of COVID.
2: Yeah, you know what? I got I got some stuff I want to say about that because. I was actually discussing it with Walt because he was talking about, like, walking in and being told, like, the day that it happened, he said, oh, well, there was, was, like, sprinkling outside. I was like, oh, going to be a big rainstorm. They're like, no, baseball's canceled the whole season. <laughs> he was like, what? Huh? What? Yeah. So we can talk about that, and we can talk about the status quo, and we've got our our camera set up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash chicago 670 The Score. You can see some of the goings on in the pregame that's gonna go on between the Cubs and the Sox. We will carry the Cubs game here on the score at one fifty five. We will have Cubs versus White Sox and, and thanks to Sloan, the the water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs, we appreciate them. Glad to be out here at Sloan Park and we'll try to give you a little taste of everything as we talk a little bit of baseball. It's Bernstein and Holmes here on the score.
1: Chicago baseball fans, as spring training continues, check out a special crosstown battle for bragging rights in Arizona. That's right. Listen to the Cubs take on the White Sox tomorrow, starting at 155 right here on the score, with Hall of Fame broadcaster Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer with all the action. Only on Sports Radio 670 the Score, your official radio home of the Cubs, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. on Sports Radio 670 The Score, the Score and 670thescore.com and Odyssey Station. scheme, left side! Oh, what a diving catch by Yohan Makata. Yoan Mankata saving the night, perhaps, for Cuba. That one was ticketed for the left field corner. Two runs across and instead it ends the inning. How we doing? You're keeping tabs. I don't know if you're up late in the morning. I can't figure out when these games are or what day it is, or where the international datelines are. And how are we doing with with Robert and Moncada? Because I, at least in my timeline, I don't see them just sort of hacking at sliders in the other batter's box.
2: Robert and Moncada both had really good offensive nights okay. for Team Cuba. It wasn't the strikeout fest that it had been for them in the first two games of the WBC. So they both got, uh, Moncada had a big, was it, double um, in the game. So, yes, there's been some some improvement in that regard. So that makes me happy.
1: Good. Good. I'm glad to hear. And, and now we can, how long does this take? How many, is it two weeks? Yeah, we got another
2: two weeks. Because they were
1: doing, like, they were still playing, like,
2: exhibition games here. Right where the Cubs were playing Canada, and I think the White they Sox played, played Columbia, Columbia yep. last night. Uh, they're here like on our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. Yeah, they are. They're out in right field. Yeah, they're out in right doing field high doing, knees, doing like a little Ru- stretchy, Russell stretchy. Wilson. Yep. Oh, this is so fun. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that the Twitch audience is at least getting a little bit of a sneak peek, and they can see
1: some of the stuff that that I can see. Yeah, it's making me feel warm because we had a little bit of a slush storm here last night. We woke up to an, an, an inch of slush.
2: Yeah, that's bad. That's, that's fine. You, that's just, bad.
1: You, know, you just sweep it off the front steps and you're fine.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're I've, I've obviously flying down here. I was on a plane with a lot of White Sox fans and Cubs fans who were coming down here, particularly for this weekend. Obviously, the two teams are playing today, which we will carry the game at 155. But you see people in their in their war paint, you know, like they they have got their jerseys and their hats and everything else on and and ready to go. Their gang colors, they're 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 ready to go for what this battle for? What did you call it, Dan? This battle. I don't
1: know. the crosstown supremacy and bragging rights, or I, whatever. Oh no! I just see Pat Hughes just walked in, and I'm
2: in Pat Hughes' booth. And I feel bad that I'm in Pat uses. Yeah, booth.
1: don't mess up his stuff. He's I'm, he's. I'm not
2: on. I'm not even on. He's like his. He's very
1: particular about you know making sure that his things are where they're supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not even like on his microphone.
2: Like I, I wanted know. to make sure that I didn't want to get in his. Space. But you're,
1: you're going to get like like talk show cooties on the play by play. I know. Thing. Like you I'm trying.
2: I'm trying desperately not to do that. I mean, but he's. I really love Pat. He's so regal, and he hates when I say that, but it's the truth. And I'm looking right now. Here, let me move my camera so I can stand up a little bit.
1: Like, he's getting all of his notes, and he's getting his beverages. He's just cool. He's in his routine. Don't, you know, know, play-by-play people with their routines are very particular. So don't interrupt him. Don't bother him. And now the police are... Following only, only speak when spoken to this segment by the way that's how I feel this segment is brought to you by bet MGM the king of sports books please bet responsibly this is the three year anniversary of the start of the COVID pandemic pretty much and the shutdowns and all that and as we're talking it's weird to have a spring training that isn't weird hello. hi Pat hello hey he's the man
0: that's
2: yeah. the man, yeah, but yeah, I um, oh look, there's Pedro Grifo. anyway um yeah i I remember being out here because i was at I went to go see Joe Madden, so I was over uh in in Tempe, and it was great, like I had gotten like Joe was so happy when he got that job with with the angels, and he saw me, I didn't tell him I was coming, I showed up there. And he was just like so nice. And he kind of gave me the run of the place. He's like, whatever, wherever you want to go. Like, let's you can you can they and when I said that I was you know friends with Joe Madden, the people of the Angels were like, Yeah, just go look for him in the dugout or in the clubhouse. doesn't matter. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. It's like he might be out like near center field, like teaching something. I was like, all right. So it was great. And then then you started to hear the like things were going to get shut down, and that's what I was talking with Walt about when I came in here, that he thought that the game that, that had been canceled, that he was working on, was just going to be canceled that day. And you had the whole thing with Rudy Gobert and the reporters. Mm-hmm. He was tapping the
1: microphone.
2: And touching people's recorders yep. and all of that stuff. It was... Um, these were very scary times like it, no doubt about it they were super scary times and it's it's interesting that we are in a spring training now that's routine that's a little bit more routine yes there is the WBC and that's taking players away don't forget the the work stoppage
1: don't forget the lockout
2: right that's what i'm saying yeah. where you have you have covid and then you have the 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 year that was a little weird because everyone was coming off of playing a 60 game season. So you had crazy amounts of injuries and guys not really being themselves because they were completely out of order. And then you have another off season where guys are out of order because of the work stoppage and you have it so that there are a bunch of guys who weren't in touch with the training staffs of of their teams. And some guys went and gained a lot of weight and put on a lot of muscle and other guys were just not themselves, like physically. And th- that that this being, I, I've actually found this, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean this as a pejorative. I found this spring training
1: refreshing in how boring it is. It's, it's supposed to be. That's the rhythm of spring training. Spring yes. training is supposed to be boring, and the players are supposed to be by the end of like, oh, can we get on with this already? And that's I, and especially with a what Grifol is doing when he's talking about actually teaching and trying to to set a standard, he's got every chance to do it now. He's got every opportunity to to try to instill that because he's got all the time in the world. But he doesn't yeah. feel that way to him. Yeah, he it. What I like about Graffole is
2: you're seeing him. You're seeing him institute compartmentalization, and I think that that's cool. He's he's looking at some of the big picture stuff with the White Sox, but he's not. He he's not putting all of the big picture stuff on them. He's saying let's focus on five days. Let's, let's do that. Let's just focus in on the five days that are ahead of us and what we're going to try to accomplish over those next five days. I like that he's giving it to them in, in small bites instead of, guys, we've got to do this now because if we don't, we're not going to win the World Series. It's let's get a little bit better every day, and that's part of like a bigger formula for what he thinks is going to be successful. It's funny. I'm watching his press conference right now. Let me see if I can. I'm gonna see if I can move the camera. This is gonna be hard for me, Dan, because I've got to watch what's happening. Oh yeah,
1: I can't look. It's, it's gonna be like Saving Private Ryan, and I'm yes. gonna get nauseated. Just uh, no. I, now I, they're
2: kind of in the shadows a little bit. I don't like this. All right, I'll put it
1: back. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get sick to my stomach.
2: All right, Private Ryan, take Ugh. it easy. No, seriously, like that.
1: Th- I can't watch that.
2: Well, yeah, and then we, well, I have put it back now, so it's fine. Okay, that's but we But when we were talking yeah. about, like, getting shots and stuff last week, a bunch of people hit us up and was like, guys, I'm going to pass out in my car.
1: I'm going to pay wait. off a two-day tease next. Are you serious? I'm going to do it. I, it's the story that Layla didn't want to do, that we wanted her to do, and now I've got the story, and I'm going to do the story. Hold on a second.
2: You can't do that story if Pat uses is here. Why not? this uh, is pat you. So He's uh, not here though, so you can do it. I'm going to do it loud. All right, to do that. We will do that. I've got a, another short round story that we can throw at the people if we have time after Dan does his story, which was Layla's story, which you've been waiting for for 2 days. Next on the score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there out in the street.
1: Part of the palace alone, yeah, right.
3: When high noon,
1: it is time for high noon, where we tell you what we've been talking about a lot of college basketball discussion, talking about what Mike DeCourcy said about which teams can win the national championship and why, and what this new world of the transfer portal and NIL has meant for the readiness of college teams and the responsibilities of college coaches. We also talked about the Bulls, a little bit of coaching stuff there too, about what we expect from a team that is claiming that they know they've got to be locked in from this stretch and some baseball stuff as well. Uh, Before we get to the actual uh, high noon hijinks, I want to bring people up to speed on a post on Instagram from Olivia Feinstead, the ...former girlfriend of Mike Clevenger. And this is a screenshot from her Instagram story today. Oh. So I'm just going to read this. She writes, "...planning on doing the last live tonight, going through the details of Mike's past partners and the events that took place with them. one who had the police report before me, glad he subjected himself to be put into drug and domestic violence evaluations." Despite me trying to get him there privately for months on end, he was able to negotiate a deal with MLB to get there to avoid suspension. Well, reading, is- she says, reading all the screenshots I have of Monica talking about his abuse, how I got the screenshots, everything, because he still denies all accountability in every relationship he's been abusive in is why I'll make sure the details are all set straight. So she is insulted that he continues to deny accountability when she's saying the reason he avoided suspension was part of a negotiation to get into drug and DV evaluations.
2: Isn't that partially what we kind of expected was going on? Yes. Because the language of what the MLB statement was seemed a little strange. Right that they would add in that Clevenger had decided that had volunteered to be a part of some treatment plans. And and going back to the interview that she did with Parkinson's Spiegel, this was one of the things that she had talked about wanting to have happen was that he got into treatment. Um, I'm a little curious about how this Instagram live is going to go and whether she has the permission of the other people to discuss this in detail.
1: I I don't know. I'm just reading what she wrote, which
2: was one of my concerns when, you know, when we were talking about it as a show on whether or not we were going to replay the interview, it's that part that kind of made all of us a little uncomfortable was when you're speaking for yourself, obviously like that's, important to hear when you start speaking for other people do those people necessarily want to be involved with it it's that where i I really like worry it's okay to put your business out in the street it's okay to talk about the things that have happened to you i want to make sure that those other people's lives aren't entangled in this without their permission if that makes any sense it does it
1: does Alright, you wanted it, you got it. Penis man. (laughs) A 2,000 year old penis statue is going up for auction. Metal detectorists were in for quite a shock last year when they discovered a small Celtic figurine that appeared to show the Roman god Mercury holding a giant hinged penis in his right hand. The bronze nude statuette is from the first century and is set to be auctioned off by Noonans in London. Noonan! Noonan! Mess- Noonan! Mess it. Noonan! On March 8th and 9th. Oh, so probably it was already done. The tiny figurine measures two inches high by a half an inch wide. And they think it could fetch up to $1,500. We could probably check to see, but it's teeny, teeny, tiny. Metal detectorist Paul Shepard and his wife Joanne were working on a project in Hakenby, Lincolnshire when they were told that there was something else buried in a field. They dug 10 inches into the ground and unveiled the metal man and his member. I could put a sensor on there that detects a penis, a little um, penis sensor, <laughs> if you will. Really? We can make a voice activated. It'll go,
0: doo doo do penis
3: detected.
1: Which they initially thought was a split pin, a tool used to fasten bolts. So what Shepherd said, he's been a metal detectorist for 25 years. He said, what I love about metal detecting is an absolute surprise of what you find. And this certainly came out of the blue, he said in a statement. Nigel Mills, a coin consultant at Noonan's, explained how the male figure has a hinged, oversized phallus and detailed the meaning behind it. He said it would have had symbolic powers of good luck and warding off evil spirits. I'm Wayne Randazzo. The Wolves host Peanut Awareness Day. And may have served as a locking mechanism as a buckle to hold a belt and scabbard for a sword. Mercury, whose Greek god counterpart is the immortal Hermes, is the god of money, trickery, communication, luck, thieves, and travelers. It was apparently designed by the Celts as a fertility effigy to praise the Roman deity.
3: And I'll tell you, the guys, the, the corners did a hell of a job. Vasher did a hell of a job. You're talking about Penis did a hell of a job.
0: <laughs>
1: there. Done. I've paid off penis penis the 2 days. and his penis. wife were having trouble conceiving. Penis bread.
2: <laughs> I mean, we can't finish this off without Matt Neggy
1: Like... <laughs> Buy me some Penis and Cracker Jack. Thank you take him in a Penis. Exactly. There's much penis going on here, which is nice. Why are you being such a penis? No, I know that you've probably been on a plane where you don't get penis on that particular day. They're not handing them out. That's because somebody on the plane has a severe allergy. It's really horrible. I say stay down. You would too, Chris. Yeah. You hit him in the penis. He kicked him in the penis. Just
2: emptied the clip, man. Just straight up emptied the clip. Ah! So you know how it's Oscar week and we've been talking a little bit about Ki-Hai Kwan and, mm-hmm. and his road from child actor to being obscure and, and then finding himself in this latest project. And I saw an interview with him talking about running into Harrison Ford.
3: I haven't seen Harrison Ford in 38 years. So I was scheduled to attend an event called D23 for mm. Disney. Yep. And, uh, and I was told that Harrison Ford was gonna be there. And I was in the green room, and there were so many big stars, big filmmakers, big producers there. The room was just crowded with, with, with people. And I was looking around the room, trying to see if I can find him. And, uh, and my assistant came running up to me and says, Harrison Ford is just right outside the green room. And I got really nervous. My heart was pounding. And uh, and he says, do you want to go see him? And I said, of course I want to go see him. So I walked out. And sure enough, 15 feet away, I saw him talking to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is starring with him in Indy 5. Yeah. Uh, and as I get closer, he turns to me. And he takes one look at me. And all of a sudden, he has that classic... Harrison Ford grumpy look, like this. And he raises his finger like then points it at me. He says, and I got really scared because I thought he, you know, he's thinking I'm a fan. He's gonna say, don't you get new me, right? But instead, he says, are you short round? And immediately, I was transported back to 1984 when I was a little kid, looking up t- to him. And I said, yes, Indy. How great oh, is that? Oh, that's so
1: cool.
3: How I mean the, the guy's
2: whole story is unbelievable. But and, and you know like the Harrison Ford is kind of known for being a grouch yeah. at this point. He doesn't want to talk about even though he's going to do another
1: Indiana Jones that's, movie. That's why he's been a terrible talk show guest over the years.
2: Yeah, but some people lean into it though with him where I like he's joked about like taking questions from the audience and you better not ask me any star Wars questions, but I can understand how that would be intimidating when you haven't seen someone in almost 40 years. And you were a child mm-hmm. the last time that that person saw you. But I'm, I'm really happy that the key Kwan is getting the, the love that he deserves and that he had that moment with Harrison Ford is very, very cool. And, and the, the, Description of being transported back to childhood is a dope thing. I just wish that movie were better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's that part. Yeah, of it. it's it's
1: just not a very good movie, and it's kind of nasty. I thought with the, the enslaved children and the and the thuggies and everything that goes on, it was it was uh, it's meh. a different time. And Kate Capshaw can't act.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm not here to tell you that, but it's a
1: different time, Dan. Things change. That's high noon. We do it most days around this time. And we mentioned that things are going to get very football-y
0: Woo!
2: in here. We're going to do some sexy football coming up. Yep.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.